0: Welcome agape. Today we are going on an adventure. My name is lady D and I will be your guide as we travel in, back in time to an ancient land in the Bible. Are you ready? Let's tighten our seat belts as we go. All right. We see we're in our plane. We're going back in time. Can anyone guess where we're going based on the music? Anybody know where we're going? You can unmute yourself if you know. No guesses? Okay, well. Our, Jerusalem. Where, <laughs> Jerusalem? Okay, yeah, that was a good you know, guess. Jesus day. <laughs> In Jesus' uh, day. that's a good guess. Any others? Egypt. Egypt. Egypt, that's a good guess. Woo, y'all guessing some good places. Well, Ooh. our where, Greece? Ooh, that's another good guess. Well. Our engineer is going to give you a picture and is going to tell you because we're getting close to the place. Engineer, we can go to the next picture. Okay, we're getting close. It's a little cloudy, so we're getting closer. Anybody know where this is? Woo, yep. We're coming in for a smooth landing. All right, the next picture. Maybe y'all know this one quickest flight we've ever been yeah <laughs> it is the quickest flight all right now we are right here does anybody know where this is
1: yeah that's um egypt uh, uh, king David temple good
0: guess good uh, guesses these yeah. are some good guesses that's
2: Jerusalem.
0: awesome good guesses good guesses people that's Philly. Okay. Now, you know, some people, That's the you know, okay. You know what? I, I can see now we're just wild guessing. Now we're wild guessing. We are in the ancient city of Susa. Does anybody remember where Susa is? It is in the ancient. Persia. Yes. Very good. Very good. Persia. Persia is our modern day Iran. So it still exists. The last time we were together in Sousa, we were looking at undercover agents. You remember that? But today, we are going to be looking for something else. We're going to be looking out for an end time warrior. Okay, I see we're here now in Sousa. We've landed. I know... I uh, know sister symphonies is the quickest flight we've ever had, especially with the delays going on today you wouldn't get there, you probably have to stay overnight somewhere, but we are now in Sousa. And there might be some questions why we've gone back to ancient Sousa to find an end time warrior you might be asking yourself how are we going to find an end time warrior in the past doesn't end, don't end time warriors don't they have to do with future events don't end times have to do with future events i'm glad you asked these questions end time usually does mean the end of humanity or the end of the world but i would like to broaden the concept of end times as i share with you an example of an end time warrior from the book of esther in the bible while his story is primarily told in the book of Esther, his story also appears in other religious sources, such as the Apocrypha and the Targum Shinai, which is a collection of talks in, Arama- in, Arama- in Aramaic and Aramaic on the book of Esther. Okay, so without further delay, since you're like, who is this person? I would like to introduce you to, okay, all right, you can do it now um Giovanna you can do it now the next person i'd like to introduce you to Mordecai. end time warrior and he is pictured here with Queen Esther. All right, now you might be saying Mordecai how in the world well i'm glad you asked that you guys are asking some good questions. Mordecai is an example of an end time. Warrior, I said, prophet, end time warrior, in three important ways. Thank you so much, engineer. I'm giving you an engineer a hand for helping us paint the picture today. In three important ways, is Mordecai an end time prophet, end time warrior? I want to call him a prophet, an end time warrior. He is an aging, and seasoned. And in the era now, since there are three types, I thought I was since, since this is Susan I thought I would have the three colors now if you're in Persia, you have to have one of these three colors you either have to be donned in blue. Or you have to be donned in purple or you have to be donned in white, so I want you to think about those three you got the three colors and you got the three. Types of in time warriors alright so let's think about first the one that is aging and we're going to say blue, because just because I like blue. The first in time warrior is a warrior in aging or the agent aging is the latter day time period of one's physical life. Mordecai has fought and made it to an to an old age so we're going to read together let's all get Esther chapter 2 verses 5 and 6 so let's get that all together I'm gonna give you a few minutes to grab that it's in the Old Testament and we're using the NIV version so if it's on your phone or it's in your Bible and if you need me to say say if you ha- don't have it, yes, say wait a minute. If not, I will continue on, and then we're going to read together. <coughs> we're going to read together, but I'll be reading it. But we're going to read together. Okay, Esther two, five and six says. Now there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, son of Jar, son of Shimei, Shimei, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, among those taken captive with Jehoiakim, king of Judah. Now, while scholars do not agree if the person carried into exile was Mordecai or Kish, it is agreed that Mordecai was an elderly and an older man. After extensive calculation, someone concluded that he was at least 60 years old, 60 years older than Esther, his adoptive daughter. So the events in Esther are happening later in his life because she is a teenager. So if he's 60 years older than her, she's at least a teenager, around 18. So if he's older, 60 years older than her, somebody do the math, 60 plus 18, how much is that? She's around 78, at least around that uh, years of age. So the events in uh, in Esther are happening when he's around in his upper 70s, at least. He has worked his entire life while being in captivity or a slave. At that time in his life, he has had some, had some, some successes, some successes because he has worked as a nobleman, but he has had to work. He's been, he was taken into captivity or his family was, so he's been a captive in first Babylonia, that's his family, and then into Persia. So even though he may have noble status, he's still a slave, he's still a captive. It's just like the slaves, even though you may have been working in the, in the house, the big house, you still a slave. Okay, so it's not like he could just say, you know what, I think I'm gonna go over here and look, I'm gonna go to China. No, he wasn't going anywhere, he was still a captive. The Bible does not discuss what what Mordecai might be experienced as he, in this aging process, but I'm going to use my imagination, since we're going on a journey. Mordecai may be standing on one of those high walls that we saw, and looking down over the city of Susa, thinking and wondering, being in his latter years, well, what's left? I've been in nobleman i i'm raising a daughter she's almost grown what is there really left to do can you imagine what he might be feeling at this time in his life being in his latter years taking inventory over his victories over defeats being a jew being a minority in persia at this time can you kind of imagine some of the thoughts that may have been going on in his mind what are some of the thoughts you think he may have been feeling as a 78 year old captive albeit nobleman at this time in his life as he has gone through so many things as a Jew and has had to fight for so much in his life what are some of the thoughts you may be thinking that he's thinking as he's kind of we're imagining he's kind of thinking about this as he's standing there on the wall. What may he, be, he think, may, may he be thinking? Any thoughts?
2: He might be thinking that he's finished. He's finished his job or he's not needed like he once was. Do you think he might be thinking about what he, he can't do? Like ha- physically?
0: Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. Can't do that anymore. Okay, getting too old for that. He may be trying to figure out how he got up there again. How long it took him to get up to the wall? He used to be able to spring up there, spring up those steps, because you know they didn't have elevators. So he was like, "Okay, it took me about oh." He didn't have watches, but he knew, you know, based on the sun, it took him all oh, well. It took me a little longer. The sun's a little heavier in the sky. Get up to the wall today. Thank you, Bishop. Anybody else? What might this 78-year-old man be thinking at this point in his life?
1: He um, may not be moving so good.
0: He may not be, okay, he may yeah. not be moving as fast as he was once. He may Feeling not be moving pains. so good. Feeling certain pains. I didn't feel that pain. He might have also been thinking, you know, He's he's a child of captivity. He's always been there. Yes, it's like I'm just not going to ever see um, the Israelites free. I'm going to die in captivity. Never going to see it happen. Now he's a nobleman. He's he's from the tribe of Kish, uh, for tribe of Benjamin. Now, so he knows he knows the different things that's going on. He probably like Daniel knew what jeremiah said so he's like now it's got to be happening soon it's got things got to be moving for jerusalem will i ever see it that's it that's it will i ever see the people move go back to jerusalem well i ever see we ever stop having it so hard well we ever stop i mean is this the jewish fate oh my goodness okay he's an aging warrior but he's been holding out He's been holding out on the promises because remember, Pastor told us like about a couple of months ago as they were hanging, as they were bling a bling, a bling when Egypt was in Israel. You know, let my people go. As they were singing the songs, as they were walking into captivity, as they were remembering Jeremiah 29, right? I got a plan for you. This is what God was telling them as they're going into captivity. He he knew those. Promises God said, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bring you out of captivity, but he's still in captivity. Okay? But he remembers what was said that God was going to bring you out. God was going to bring a new day. He, like our praise team, told us, remember not the former things. I'm going to do a new thing. See, he's got all this going on in his mind as he's standing there looking on the wall. 78, wondering when it's gonna happen. Maybe he was thinking about the words of Paul. Of course, he didn't know Paul, but you know, we're we're imagining it. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. It's time for it's it's, it's easy. It's over. It's over. I've kept the faith. I've been a good Jew. Okay. Then suddenly. A voice. He hears that voice Elijah heard. Not yet, soldier. He hears that still small voice. What are you doing up here, Mordecai? He hears that that still small voice. That should come back to Susa and said, "When he hears this, virgins are needed for the king." This aging warrior realizes, he still needed. He still needed. In the midst of all this going on in the midst of all his aches and pains in the midst of feeling whatever he's feeling in the midst of feeling still being in captivity in the midst of all these other things that are going on. He realizes there's something more left to do. He's still aging but he's a warrior Hallelujah! he's an end time warrior so the second exam the second way mordecai is an end time warrior is in season ecclesiastes 3 1 tells us there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens a season is a distinct period or stage in a person's life mordecai also mordecai was also warring in this season so, if we take a look at Esther, chapters two from cha- in chapter two from verses eight until the end, we will call this section the warfare the warfare season, as we see Mordecai's tactics of war required care, commitment, and courage. His care is shown through wisdom he gives his daughter. He's warring. We may not think that care and wisdom, care by giving wisdom is a warring thing, but we see it is because he has to give specific instructions to his daughter Esther about how she has to keep her Jewish heritage hidden and how he even goes so far to tell her that you gotta change your name, honey, from Hadassah to Esther. So we see that he's caring about his virgin daughter, his adopted daughter. That was part of the warfare. Then he commits himself every day to go back and forth to the courtyard. He's a nobleman. He's like, he's got his own work to do. But every day he's committed to find out what's going on with her. He makes it make sure they don't know the relationship yet between Esther and this nobleman. It's like why should he care, okay? But they know that. Hey, you know this man keeps inquiring about her. So he keeps making sure that he's committed himself to finding out what's going on every single day. What's going on with Esther. And then he is a courageous man. We see his warfare in his courage because he uncovers an assassination plot to kill the king and developed a plan to expose the assassins by giving information to the queen. So we see all of this is part of the warfare in this season. Because this season is just even though it's a short season it's still a season where he has to be very aware of the things that are going on. He can't be back in the uh, back in terms of him saying, well, I'm just too old to do all this stuff. I got no, 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 this is honey, you in a season. Now you're in a season where you've got to focus on what you need to do right now. It's in an intensified time. You got to care for this daughter. You got to be committed to what's going on to her with her. And then he's even caring about the King because he overhears. Now, what's interesting is, is that one source brought out that Mordecai was very learned, because how is he overhearing this plot? He's overhearing it while he's just being at the station, being at the gate of the king. But you, did, you do, do you think that these people let him overhear it like they're like, yes, uh, Mordecai, we're letting you overhear this plot? No, it was because he was learned in different languages. I thought that was very interesting that they said he was very well learned in languages. He was already equipped, so that when he was called upon to intercept this, the, this um, information, he already knew how to intercept this information. He could understand what the people were saying, even though they were speaking in an unknown tongue to the rest of the people, he, could, he knew what these eunuchs what these people were saying. So, then he could then communicate that to the Queen, so you see, he had to be in a place in a mindset, he had to be ready to be called into action in this season, he is an end time warrior he's a season in this season. Because this is a new time. This is a new thing. He's got to be ready. I again invite you to imagine this energized Mordecai as he hears the news about the virgins being given to the king for the king's harem. One would be only one only one would be chosen as the queen. Let's visualize for a moment that he got the word there were going to be a, let's get a, let's, let's, let us imagine that we were, we got the word that there was going to be a world competition and all the eligible versions of the middle and upper class were going to be uh, chosen for these, for these, uh, for this. For this competition, and only those who were between the ages of 16 and 18. Now, let's see, do we have anyone in our midst who's like in that age group? Hmm. I think we do. Okay, now, they're, what they're gonna do is they say that they're gonna give a world leader is going to be choosing. A virgin, a woman, a girl, and this is going to be a part of their harem. Now, if you don't know what a harem is, a harem is the the kind of a almost similar to a concubine. What they would do, the kings would just have all these women. They would have sex with them, and they they could be their queens. They could not be the queens. But once they had sex with them, they could not marry anyone else. They were put in a place. Where they were just all the women were together and they were kind of shut up in a way, shut out from society, they were set aside, and that would be it. So they would be kind of like in a place where you can see so it's almost like you would go to a person's house and they would be in a room you wouldn't see those people anymore so let's imagine they said okay all the virgins of the upper and middle class are going to be have to give up their virgins for this great world leader okay so we have to give up our our virgin our our young maiden between the ages of 16 and 18 for this world leader, what are we going to do,
1: Agape? No one's going to do anything? Cooperate.
0: Okay, well, we got to cooperate. Okay, we <laughs> got to cooperate. Otherwise, for us, okay? So we got to cooperate, but what are we going to do? do we, first of all, do we have anyone that meets that description? Yes. We're going to look
2: at Johanna.
0: Okay, we would, so I would do a Moses and Moses mother. mother. Oh, uh-oh. hidden somewhere. Okay. Okay. We got mother bear speaking who says I'm hiding my kid. Okay. Let's imagine we couldn't hide her. <laughs> let's imagine we couldn't hide her. So what are we going to do? You know, she's going to be taken and taken possibly for this harem. Okay, do put on want... some makeup and go with her like I'm a teen. You know? Okay, so. they're, they're, see, Mama Bear. We got, Mama Bear's giving too many answers. Okay, Maybe too, Mama Bear got to go and got to become a warrior. Okay, so, so, okay, then. Let's say Mordecai was like, okay, but Mordecai, his care for his daughter was such that what did he decide to do? He said he put, positioned himself that he might not been able to go with her all the way, but he made sure that he could find out what was going on. Just like mama bear did, daddy bear said, oh, okay, wait, no, uh-uh, uh-uh, I gotta find out what's going on in that harem, (laughs) okay? I gotta find out what's happening to my daughter. So you're right, Bishop, he got the, he wasn't a mama, but he got that daddy bear attitude. And sometimes the daddy grizzly bear is worth (laughs) Is worse than the molloping. <laughs> you know, dads, you can say if, if they came and got your daughter, okay, and said she's gonna be chosen for the harem, and y'all know what a harem is, okay? You're like, wait a minute. Now we only got one in our congregations. He's in our congregation. We only got one daughter. We gonna let her be taken like that without anything, y'all? What are we gonna do? Well, Lady D, I,
2: I want to say something here. A person in the harem, the w- women didn't have rights anyway. And you knew your child, your, your daughter would be taken care of for the rest of their life. And they would live in a luxurious place. But I think we would, we would try to protect her, let her go, but find a way to oversee what was going on.
0: Okay, so it sounds like Bishop, you have a resignation. Well, the women aren't treated well, but I just have to to say something to you. No, I w-
2: I wanted to say your example. That's all I meant. Because if none of us can say yes to sending Giovanna somewhere that it's not gonna be good for her, it has to be a reason we have to let her go. If I guess it doesn't, she's in captivity anyway. All right.
0: Well the don't thing- tell
2: them you black Giovanna.
0: Well, the thing is, is that she's uh, we know she's got to go. And also one of the things I found out about the women of Persia, they were very well treated. That's what I'm saying. So we know she'll be all right. But not the harems, not not necessarily in the harems, but the women, the women like the women of noblemen, the wives, the wives of noblemen. why that's why when vashti remember i'm I'm getting off a little bit just to answer no that's okay don't answer me i got that's why no 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 that's why the that's why vashti when she did what she did they said oh no she got to be dealt with because the wise will think that they can just do whatever they want to do right the men wanted to squash that because the women were given some liberties that's one of the things they're finding out about archaea in the archaeological digs you might that that would be something interesting if that's something people are interested in but going back to our story we only have one Javana. we only have one opportunity to give her some ideas of what she needs to do much like mordecai did he only has this one opportunity to give her some information and telling her what to do to possibly giving her some things that to give her some instruction, like he told her, change your name, don't say this, do this. He gave her some instruction to help her to be protected. And then he, he, he sent her off. We may only have one opportunity to show her, look, we care about you, we love you, but these are some things we can give you to help you to protect yourself while you are in this situation. We're gonna commit ourselves to, to checking in on you and figuring out what, she didn't know that, Esther didn't know that, but we have to commit ourselves to what we're going to do. But we have to, we, we it's like he didn't just say, okay, well, she's in there. Because he knew more than anybody what it would be like to be in a harem. And he. so he was checking in, checking with the eunuchs, checking in, making sure. And so it's like he knew, it's like somebody who, you know, somebody is being checked on, So some, so they knew somebody was being checked on. And he also, once she became queen, he also continued to make sure that he was in her life, even with the um, assassination, assassination plot. He is showing himself to be a warrior. And that's one of the things I wanna encourage us to be. We have to see that even though things may happen in a certain way, like our person gets taken, our precious Giovanna gets taken for something, we're warring, we're still saying, okay, what do we gotta do? Show us Lord what we got to do. How can we care for her by giving her instructions? What can we do? How can we commit ourselves to doing some things? How can we war? How can we continue to fight even though this may seem like a thing that's like okay, well, what can we what can we really do? How can we help her when she's being taken to another place? What is it that we can do? We're just a couple of people. We're just a small church. We're just a little people. We're just a mother and dad. How can we fight against uh, a big, big people? So I have my purple here. So how can we fight against the injustices that are going on in this season as an end time warrior? Mordecai made made sure that he could fight that he decided he was going to fight for his daughter in these ways. It wasn't, he didn't go and take a spear and all this stuff, but he was still fighting for, oh, his, for his daughter and for the things, in, even for his king, by the things that he was doing. The third way that Mordecai is an example of an end-time warrior is as an error, error, E-R-A, an error in this era, era, He's an era warrior. And an era is a specific measurement or period of time marked by new or distinct order of things. So it's a time frame. It can be as wide as something like the Renaissance era, or as small as a trend or a fad, like min- the mini skirts of the 1960s. In this warfare. We see more overt work of the enemy that requires a direct response by the warrior. So, we're going to turn to chapter three of Esther and read verses one and two. So, it's, we're going to get chapter three of Esther and verses one and two to see what this era is all about. And whoever gets it first can start reading for us.
1: After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, son of Hamaratha, the Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman. (laughs) For the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor.
0: Okay, pastor, can you read that last sentence again?
1: But Mordecai would not kneel down Or pay him honor.
0: Hmm. In this verse, it says, after these events in verse one, the Bible doesn't say what the events were. But there was a shift in the government from the beginning of the book of Esther in chapter one. So something significant must have happened. I'm referring to this era or time, uh, this era as a time of personal response. The king has made Haman, Haman the vizier and commanded everyone to bow to him. A vizier is a high ranking political advisor or minister. So in our society, we might think of A vizier, kind of like the um, vice president, the vice president, a vizier is the second in command. Mordecai refused to bow and honor Haman. But why not? Why, why refuse to, why refuse to bow and honor this Haman? He's second in command. Why? Why? It, I mean, it's not ref, it's not recorded anywhere in Esther that he refused to bow to the king, or that he refused to bow to the queen. So what's the difference? Why not bow down to the second in command? I would like to give you some things to consider as we consider this in time, warrior most likely why he refused it was the connection between haman and and his ancestors haman was a descendant of agag in fact it even says in what pastor read to us that he's an Ag- an agagite an agagite was a descendant of the amalekites and the amalekites were
2: enemies of God. Remember what you told us last time.
0: Mm -hmm. That's right. Thank you, Bishop, for remembering that. Bishop is, Bishop, you know, you're trying to get to be a Lady D's teacher's pet. There you go. All right, see, oh, okay. Simply put, God's enemies were Mordecai's enemies, okay? Now you you guys have have family members you know, you know your your sister's enemies are your enemies, right?
2: Amen.
0: Your brother's enemies, I heard it. Amen. Your brother's enemies are your enemies. Okay. So if somebody's gonna fight you, your brother's gonna fight them, right? Y'all know yes. how it is. So if yes. so, God's enemies. Are Mordecai's enemies. So Haman is an enemy. His family's an enemy of God. Guess what? I ain't bowing down to you. It's just that easy. At least it was that simple for Mordecai. I don't have I don't I is no pride here. Is no anything here, but I'm not bowing down to a descendant of an Amalekite. A a, a a a a a Gagite. I'm not going to do it. And isn't it interesting? I love how Esther tells who the people are. How did he even know he was an agite a Gagite? So certainly Haman must have been talking about it, or has has had been saying, "Well, I'm an a Gagite. How did they people know he was a Jew? Because Mordecai made it clear he was a Jew. So these are enemies. Okay. But like with all things, there are consequences to our decisions. Mordecai refuses to bow down. The man is second in command. Does this sound like it's gonna that this is gonna end good? No. And it doesn't. Okay. Himan was like, okay, you're not gonna bow down to me. Okay. All right. You're not gonna bow down. Then um okay i got something for you a man took out his anger not only on mordecai but on all the jews in the entire realm of persia so this second in command decided okay i'm not it's not just gonna be you i'm killing your mother your father your sister your aunt rosie your aunt becky your aunt so-and-so your uncle so-and-so and all your family and not just them, I'm killing every, all your kinfolk in the whole United States. How you like me now? It's like, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he went after all the Jews. Okay, and you know what? I don't think Mordecai would have had an issue if he just told him, look, I'm gonna kill you. It's like, okay, well, I wasn't going to bow down to you. So you kill me, you kill me. But he went after all the Jews in 127 providences. That's as big as from India. You know how big India is? All the, way to East, all the way to Egypt. Really? Really? That was a lot of territory. So what was Mordecai's response? No, he didn't try to kill him. He didn't put out an assassination plot on him. He decided he tore his clothes and had a public display of mourning. Now, in Persia, anybody would do that if they had a mourning. Many times, like in New Orleans, you know, when they have the public display of mourning, when people, they they have that kind of a, a, a public display of mourning, and everybody knows by the way that they go and they mourn that somebody's, has died. That's what Mordecai did. This was a Persian and an Eastern kind of a way of showing, showing showing sorrow. He tore his clothes, he cried, he put ashes on his forehead, he put it all around his head, and he went mourning all through the city of Susa. He went crying. Now here's this nobleman who has torn his clothes got some good clothes it didn't matter because he realized he was mourning mourning he realized that all him all all of the kinsmen all the jews were going to be killed so he did three things he responded by mourning he took action he later compelled to the queen esther to say look you got to intervene you got to intervene you got to intercede for your people and he really pressed her about this because she was like, No, I can't no, look, I can't get involved. You know, the king is not gonna let no. And he's like, Look, if we die, you dying too. I don't know why you think you're gonna just be alive and you in the palace. They're gonna find out you're a Jew and you're gonna get killed. So you need to step up, girl. Of course he didn't say it quite like that, but that's basically what he was saying. You need to step up. Maybe this is why you are the queen, so you can. Just for this moment, you were born. So he compelled her to action. And then when she said, okay, this is what I need you to do. He obeyed. Isn't this an interesting kind of an end time warrior here in this season? You see him, this man, Mordecai. You see him standing up for God's people, even to his detriment, even to the possibility of his death. He stands up for God and God's people. Then when he sees this going against him and his people, he responds with humility and tears his clothes. He doesn't care that he's a nobleman. He's going to tear his clothes. He's going to have an outward sign of show of remorse and humility and ashes and sackcloth, which many times would get God's favor, even though we don't see God's name mentioned. That's one of the things that God would would do and respond to an open sign of humility. Then he took some other kinds of action when he compelled the queen to intervene. And when she said, okay, and this is what I need you to do. I need you to fast and pray and do these different things and go and tell the Jews to do the same thing. He obeyed. He humbled himself to the queen. You see this man's attitude of humility, this is this is warring, a warring in a spiritual kind of way. He is a true end time warrior in this era because what he did is that the, there was a change that happened that came upon him in the midst of what he was doing, and he responded to this change with his own with his own response to what he was doing in this era. In this era of change, and that created yet another change, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to talk about what he did. In this war, we see the warrior uh, uh, Mordecai in this in-your-face combat. And this is a combat that requires a personal response and a personal responsibility that will have a personal consequence. He already knew who his enemy was, Haman, and ultimately the spiritual forces that were behind Haman. He knew that he would have to take a stand Once he heard Haman had become second in command, just like the three Hebrew boys in Babylon did not bow to the golden statues in Daniel 3, Mordecai would not bow to Haman. He might have personally expected to suffer, but I did not believe, as I said before, that he thought it would result in the deaths of all the Jews. This was pure evil. And he knew that's what he was dealing with. His response and action and obedience were the keys to the spiritual shift that influenced the heart of the king. Because that's who had to be changed. It, the king's decision, because it was a law. The king, the only thing that was going to change it was the law that the king or something, the king's intervention Have you ever had to stand up to someone who just had it out for you? You didn't even know why. They just had it out for you. Were you able to stand like warrior Mordecai? Mordecai, Or did you give in to the Haman who was pressuring you? In July 31st, 2020, NBA player Jonathan Isaac was the first player to stand for the National Anthem at the start of the NBA game and not wear the required Black Lives Matter t-shirt. When asked about his decision to be the only player to stand, he made this statement. I don't think that kneeling or putting on a t-shirt for me personally is the answer, he said. I feel like for me, black lives are supported through the gospel, all lives are supported through the gospel. And if you ever heard his uh, interview with him talking about this situation, you hear him standing up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you think you would have the courage to stand when all of your teammates, the coaches, and even the opponents are kneeling and you're the only one standing. Would you have the courage to do that? Now you've met Mordecai, end time warrior. You've gotten the opportunity to see how he was an end warrior in aging, in season and in era. At the beginning, I said that Mordecai was an example of an end-time warrior. Who else is an an end-time warrior using our definition? Any other ideas? Well, I've got one for you, Jesus Christ. While we may only think of Jesus as being an end-time warrior when he returns at the end of days, he too was like a Mordecai. He left his royal family, and he came into a state of captivity twice over. Not only was he an all holy God, divine, being held captive in a sinful environment, he was born in the sinful flesh. He was born into the Jewish nation that was being held captive under the rule of a roman empire and yet he the ancient of days was an end time warrior he also was a warrior in season hallelujah telling the disciples that he would only be with them for a little while but he would return again one day but in that little while in that season while he was with them he healed the sick he raised the dead and he did other types of miracles he too was an end time warrior when he was on this earth he was also an end time warrior of his era his coming marked a new period a definite change had come hallelujah thank you jesus a new change had come. His coming marked a new period. A definite change was now in the earth. It was now the time of the kingdom. There were new warfare tactics and strategies that he introduced like loving one's neighbor, It was no longer an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It was now blessing those who persecuted you. It was no longer go ahead and get even with them. These were the new tactics for the end time warriors. So the invitation is to you now. Do you want to be an end time warrior? It's not just about waiting for when jesus returns we must engage in the warfare now encourage and i we mentioned uh, engage in the warfare now and so that's why i'm encouraging you to be an aging end time warrior to be a season in time warrior and i forgot my my weight or to be an era end-time warrior. You can be all three. You can be two out of three. You can be whichever end-time warrior you choose. The key is to be. So, if you are ready to be an end-time warrior, then I would like you to help me in singing this song. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready to be an end time warrior? All right, here we go. We gotta put our war clothes on and we gotta get ready because we know we don't struggle against flesh and blood but against those rulers and authorities, against powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil. Okay, so we have to war, which means war. We got to put our war clothes on. All right, this means war. This means war. Come on, let's get our war clothes on. All right, here we go. I got joy in my soul. Cause God is in control. I got Satan on my trail. Hey, but I'm singing all is well. He's attacking every day, but I'm watching while I pray. No matter the attack, I won't turn back. This means war. Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on, war. In time war, this means war. Hey, 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 hey. This means war. All right, all right, all right, all right. This means war. Hey, hey! Come on, come on! I got joy, got joy in my soul because God is in control. I got Satan on my tread, I don't care because singing all is well. Attacking every day, but I'm watching while I pray. No matter the attack, I won't turn back. Don't turn back. This means war. Come on, come on, come on, come on. This means
2: war. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This means war. In time, warriors, war. Come on, come on, come on. This means, this, means this means war. This means war. This means war. This means war. I plead, I plead. The blood. It's the blood of Jesus that covers us. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus keeps us from all sin. Come on, we're going to bleed the blood. We're end time warriors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we just thank you right now that you have given us the strength and you've given us the tactics to become aging end time warriors. End time warriors in season. In time, warriors of God, hallelujah, in era oh God, in this era, you have given us the tactics, you've given us the power, you've given us the strength. No matter though the war rages around us, even as our Deacon Dixon told us last week, we are to be soldiers in this army even though we have to go through all kinds of different things lord give us the strength give us the courage give us the caring give us the things that we need oh god to know what kind of weaponry we need to be the kind of end time warriors you're calling for in this season and era lord we just thank you for doing it we thank you for doing all these things in the name of the lord jesus christ Hallelujah. Amen.